Good afternoon. Today I have lovely James P. Sumner with me. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi. Um, thank you for having me on the on the show. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm James Sumner. Um, I'm uh, an indie author and I've been for just over eight years now. Um, predominantly, I write in the thriller genre, and I'm currently working on my twenty first self published novel. So. Yeah. Did you always want to be a writer? Um, I think, yeah, to be quite honest, I did. Um, I used to love it as a kid without realising it was what I wanted to do. And then just as I got a bit older, it was really the only thing that ever kind of made sense. And when you, you're sitting there at the desk, nine to five, answering telephones, and I'd be just jotting down notes for potential characters and things like that. And it was like, you know what, <laughs> I'm wasting my time listening to customer complaints this is what they should be doing so so I started doing it in my spare time and when was it I think it was 2016 I was able to actually start doing it full-time and pretty much have done ever since so yeah it's wicked oh definitely uh, fulfilling childhood dreams as cliched as that sounds <laughs> yeah why not um, and what made you take the plunge and actually go for it and publish um when I first started, I, I started doing it just to just for myself more than anything. And I got inspired by one particular book, which was called Lethal People by uh, John Locke, who it turns out that name is also a 16th century philosopher or something. It wasn't that one. Um, it was the it was the other guy. Um, and it was really good. It was a bit different and it wasn't perfect, but I did really enjoy it. And then, as you inevitably do, if you find a new author that you like, you kind of look into them a bit. And this was going back to 2013, 20, yeah, 2013. And it turned out that John Locke was the first author to sell a million copies self-published on, on with a Kindle. So I was like, I before that, I just had it in my head. It's like, oh, you go to an agent, you're one in a million chance, then you're in the bookshelves, you've got the films, etc. I didn't realise that you can actually publish yourself. And I was like, hang on a minute, I could do better than that. Or at least I think I thought I could, and that's what made me start writing. But I'm like, do you know what? I could do this myself. Um, and I did. And I got it wrong a few times along the way, but I eventually kind of started to figure it out and and yeah, and never looked back. Um, so yeah, it's just the option was there. So you give it a go. And I've been learning the industry and how to publish and how to run a business almost as long as I've been figuring out how to write a book. So <laughs> <laughs> And um, are your books standalones or are they a series? Um, they're, they're series. So the way that I've tried to do it is each, I, I write three series, three filler series. Um, I try to make it so that each one is its own thing, but at the same time, they do kind of share the same story world in a way. Um, so the way that I've tried to structure it is kind of reminiscent of the Marvel movies. And like you've got the Marvel universe of films that everyone knows, the Avengers and things like that. Um, being the comic book fan that I am, as you may have noticed from the Captain America t-shirt and his picture behind me, um, it's uh, I try to do it so that whilst the series are kind of functioning on their own, they are actually all building towards something that will bring them together and they have overlaps and things like that. So it's a nice kind of little subplot to keep everyone interested. Um, but yeah, the series themselves, I, I try and make it them a contained story. 
And uh, who's your favourite character to write? Uh, very, probably my original one, um, which would be Adrian Hill. Um, just purely because I write that in the first person. So I'll write first person and present tense. So it's literally as I'm writing it, that's what's happened. So, I, and I like that. It's quite fun. I get to kind of live out my fantasy of being a hitman um, and, and thinking about what, but it's putting yourself in that position. It's like, what would I do in this gunfight? And like, I'd probably cower behind the counter for a minute and figure a way out of there. So that's what he does because that's what anyone would do. But sort of living it myself and sort of acting out the fight scenes and writing them and stuff, it's, it's just really good fun. Um, I, I like that method of storytelling. And whilst my other series are probably a bit more traditional in the way that they're third person and multiple viewpoints and things like that, um, because this one's slightly different or it's not as kind of normal, I suppose, in the genre, it's it's just a little bit more fun for me to to do so I do tend to I do, I do get engrossed in it and if you were to be transported as a character into any of your books I guess that would be the one yeah I mean it would but then at the same time I know what I do to that guy and I'm like I don't want to go through that <laughs> like he gets the hell beat out no pun intended um but yeah pro- probably would be um again just because it's it's so familiar but I kind of feel like I've done those things as well because I don't know, with him, I don't feel like I'm writing the book. I feel like I'm just kind of standing two feet behind him and just making notes about what he's doing. It's almost a kind of like a journalist more than anything. Um, and that's the kind of, that, that's the kind of approach to the, the story. Um, you know, people ask me, oh, do you know what's coming up? I'm like, I haven't got a clue what's going to happen next. It's like, it depends, whatever he does is what will happen. And then that's what I tell you. Um, so it's more kind of like a journal of events than a, than a novel in, in some ways. Um, so yeah, it would be good to kind of physically walk a mile in his shoes, I suppose, even though I know what that mile's going to contain. <laughs> Sarcasm and gunfights usually. But <laughs> What's, been your... <laughs> yeah. What's been your most fun scene to write and what's been the most difficult? Ooh, um, the most difficult ones, easier to answer. Um, um, I mean, I, I try not to give away too many things about my books, but my seventh book, there was a very significant character death in there, um, and that was very difficult to write. Um, I got, I don't know, the people that, wrote, that read it hated me for, <laughs> well, they still hate me for it, quite honestly, and that was four years ago. But at the same time, they were like, yeah, that was really good. Like the way, just the, the kind of the way that I envisioned it playing out, the way that I did it, I got a lot of praise for it. So I'm like, you know, always nice. But it wasn't easy to do because it was such a long-standing character um, and such a popular character as well. He was, a, I don't want to say sidekick, but, he, you know, a, a sort of a secondary character, but he'd grown popular with people kind of more so than I ever intended him to be. So when... I got to the point in the story where I'm like, one of you needs to die and his name's on the cover, so it's you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it wasn't easy to do. It was an emotional thing for me to do because I had a connection to the character as well. Um, but yeah, that was definitely one of the most difficult. Um, one of the most fun, uh, that's true, there's, there's been a few. Um, there was, I'm just trying to think, there was one scene, it wasn't actually featuring Adrian Hell, but there was one scene where 
um, the bad guy in the book had one of his kind of little minions and they had him by the ankles over the edge of a really tall building and he was kind of interrogating him about missing money. And that was really good fun because I knew that he was going to drop him and the guy dangling didn't because that's how it was. That, that was really good fun to write because I think I used the phrase pancake at the end of it, which <laughs> well, it just kind of like dehumanised the whole thing. And made made you hate the bad guy, and was like that was that was good fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that. And there were scenes. What I did find fun are one of my more recent ones, which is actually the first book in my third series, which is called Hard to Kill. Um, the the main character when it wakes, you see, you first see him when he wakes up from a coma. We don't know what's going on because neither does he. But he kind of has. Not flashbacks, but whilst he's asleep, he has sort of like prophetic kind of dreams that you associate to his battle, his subconscious battle with finding out who he is. And it was discovering his identity through these kind of nightmarish scenes of kind of walls of skulls and fire and things like that. And I quite enjoyed them because it was really kind of dark and almost supernatural in a way. And I've never written anything like that before. Like I've written some dark things before, but it's always been rooted in reality, whereas this was... This was very much, this was like in, inside his head in the dream. Uh, so I could I could really just kind of let loose and and do whatever I wanted, go go full Stephen King in that. And that was actually really good fun. I enjoyed it. Um, just to something completely different. They're telling us a lot about you <laughs> and the way your mind works. Yeah, I'm a real good picture of myself there, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> And what's the most interesting thing you found while doing research for your books? Um, obviously, being in the UK, I don't have access to firearms. Um, whereas my character, being an assassin in America, has them in spades. Um, I I have to do a lot of research online for um, about different hand, handguns and things like that. But one of them, one of the books. I think it's one of the most interesting things. It's It's been how to use a sniper rifle in terms of when he's planning his shot, I want it to be realistic. So it's not just necessarily learning how the gun works and which guns do what. It was kind of the mathematics behind this bullet will fire this distance at this speed and it will do this, this and this and planning the angle of the shot. And it was like a trigonometry class from high school. I had all these diagrams with triangles and <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, do I need to sign, what is it, Sokotoa and the tangent and all that kind of stuff? Um, and it was just figuring all that out. And then there was one particular scene, and it was actually at the end of the, my seventh book, the one with the with the death scene in it. And the, the particular shot was, I mean, it, it was physically and mathematically it was possible. Realistically, it was never going to happen, but then that's kind of the fun. Um, but I, there's a, an author friend of mine from the States, uh, her, her husband at the time was actually a sniper in the Marines. So I, messaged, so I messaged him and I was like, can I ask you this question? And he called me and he was on a, um, like a video, like a sat phone, like in Basra or somewhere. Um, and he'd, and he'd read, I'd met them previously and he'd read my books and he took them over and his friends had read them, which was great. And I was like, I want to do this shot with a sniper rifle it's like all oh, right well this is how you do it and he told me exactly how he would do it like you turn the dial three notches you did i'm like 
remind me never to (laughs) but just seeing how the mind works of like this is physically how you would do it this is what it would look like through the scope it i found it incredibly interesting and it meant i could really kind of dig into that scene when it came to writing it because i knew that as far-fetched as it might have sounded to the readers like that's exactly how it would have gone down and that, I, I just thought that was brilliant i thought it was really interesting yeah that's awesome <laughs> and terrifying. i mean scary as hell, but yeah. <laughs> like, that's a common knowledge that not everyone's comfortable having like this is how it feels to use a sniper rifle. Um, but yeah, it's really good, really interesting. Uh, do you have any fears or phobias and would you write about them or have you written about them? Um, I do and no. <laughs> because I wouldn't. I mean, I, it's one of the things I'm, I'm kind of, my fears are kind of typical. Like I don't watch horror films or anything like that particularly. I don't like ghosts. I don't like big spiders end of story I think they're fairly typical ones and it's like I don't see any reason to put them in my books because I'd be terrified writing about it uh, I try and I make all my characters as realistic as I can so I give them like fears like my Adrian Hell is terrified of heights that's uh, again it's a fairly common thing but it just adds a little a dimension of realism to him especially if he's up high taking the shot and he's like oh my god don't look down kind of thing and he's shaking because he's terrified but he still has to do it um so i like i like that fear kind of brings out that human side of you and gives you another obstacle to overcome i personally don't feel the need to overcome any obstacles in my career as a writer i'm happy not writing about stuff that terrifies me personally (laughs) which i think to be honest is the correct answer but (laughs) some people are like oh that's a good idea (laughs) No. Yeah. I mean, if I was terrified of like Playboy models or something, then I would probably put that in the book. <laughs> terrified with them bunny ears. Probably um, <laughs> <definitely> not. <laughs> if anyone's terrified of Playboy models, then that's just weird. I don't get it. To be honest, I mean, I said that and I've just realized that that was actually a scene in one of my books. When somebody said that they were about to torture them and they're like, I'm going to make you face your worst fears. And the guy goes, oh, well, in that case, I'm absolutely terrified of Playboy Bunnies. Um, it didn't go down well, but yeah, it's fun. Um, if you're able to pick out one moment so far since becoming an author as your favourite, what would it be? Or stand out, uh, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, there's been a couple. Um, my main one was probably in 2015 when I entered my fifth novel into the Kindle Scout program and it won, which was great. Um, I don't even think the Kindle Scout program is a thing anymore, but the point of it was um, Amazon had Amazon has like a bunch of their own imprints that are kind of similar to traditional ones like Thomas and Mercer and I think Lakeside is another one. But there was one called Kindle Press, which was their kind of online only not as big but still pretty decent imprint and if you want kindle scout whatever book of yours won was published by them so it's more similar to kind of a traditional publishing deal in a way um and my book won which was great and it won in the december and then in the february the book was published and on release day i went to number one like literally in the world um which was awesome i, I hit number one on the amazon kindle store in the US, the UK, Australia, and Canada. And I'm like, that's awesome. Now, 
admittedly, it was for about six hours. Um, and then it dropped off and never got anywhere near it again because that's how it works. But for those six hours, I was literally the biggest selling author on the planet, and it was pretty cool. Um, my little claims of fame, I've never got there again. I've never even come close again. But that's the difference between doing it yourself and having Amazon's multi-million pound advertising budget and their algorithms in your favour. Um, sadly, it doesn't happen all that often. But, yeah, that was definitely a, 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 a proud moment. Just seeing, certainly seeing like, obviously like the child is a is a big influencer. Seeing all the big names and they were below me and it was like, ha ah. um, And then they just kind of stayed there and I just gradually went all the way down again. It's like, fair enough. <laughs> we even as I passed them on the way back down. But yeah, for six hours I was king of the world and it was amazing. Right, so what's your biggest dream? If you've already achieved number one in the world, then that's pretty cool. So what's next? Um, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I've never kind of been one for a lavish lifestyle or anything like that. I just, my goal is always to be, if I can do something that I love doing and make a living, a comfortable living from it, you can't really ask for much more than that. I've, you know, before I started writing, I had a CV resume if you're in the US it goes along as my arm with all the different call centers and things I've done over the years and like I hated every second of that you know and I barely got through it's like well if I can earn enough where I don't have to check my bank balance every time I want to go to the shop you know that'll do me and if I can do it doing something that I enjoy but even better you know I don't need a fancy car or a yacht or anything it's like that'll do um, so that, that's kind of the goal. I mean, I'm, you know, touch wood, I've been able to do that. Obviously, the last kind of year and a half of the world pretty much rebooting itself has affected everybody. Um, so, you know, it's not always as easy as it used to be and certainly not as easy as I would like, but I'm still hanging on and I intend doing so for as many years as I can. As long as I can do that, whatever comes after it's a bonus, you know. I think peaks, peaks way too early. No, you didn't. You're fine. You've got another <laughs> bestseller in you. You're fine. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> um, if you're able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Oh, blimey. Um, it's a tricky one, really, because I know I, we were kind of on a bit of a chat before before the interview, and I said, like, I don't, since I started writing for a living, I don't actually read as much. Um, because I, I, I didn't have the enjoyment out of it. So because I was sort of, it was technical and not for fun. Um, so I'm kind of a little bit out of touch with sort of, you know, mainstream authors and different things. I think in all honesty, they would probably want to sit down with Aaron Sork. Now, he's not technically fun, but he's one of the best playwrights of our generation um what i've learned from him watching shows like the west wing for example um, the one that he's newsroom like the way that he progresses a story only through dialogue is exactly the way that i write and so from the late spirit but the guy's a genius he's incredibly intelligent very talented and if i could sit down even for a couple of hours over over a beer and just pick that guy's brains that would be that would change that would change the game for me definitely um what do you like to do when you're not writing 
Um, not a lot, if I'm being completely honest. Um, I like to, I like to kind of my my big thing is kind of escapism. Like my books are intended to be escapism for the reader, and when I'm not writing, I like to take myself off. I, as you can see, the big TV behind me. Like I, I like my films, I like my TV shows. Um, I'm a gamer. I enjoy sort of chilling out with video games and things. It's just any, anything that kind of engages my mind, but at the same time, just kind of makes me forget that there's something outside these four walls. Um, it, I don't know, maybe it subconsciously feeds the creativity in me or something, but I've always, I've always needed, I've always needed that activity, that engagement in the past. But yeah, anything, anything kind of like that. I'm not a particularly outdoorsy kind of guy. Um, I've had arthritis for too long to go walking and running or anything silly like that. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, essentially, as I don't know, as indicative as it is as of modern society, it's anything with a screen tends to help me relax. So <laughs> that's that's my. It's not very exciting, but it keeps me up and out of trouble. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, who was your first celebrity crush? My first celebrity crush. Yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think it was Sandra Bullock. It's the first one I can remember. I don't know why. I remember Sandra Bullock and I remember Mariah Carey for a time as well. Bearing in mind, this was mid-90s when Mariah Carey kind of looked half decent and I was like 13. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember Sandra Bullock standing out to me. I think it was when um, she did Speed with Keanu Reeves, the film, not anything else. Um, but that was that was just the way that I sounded that and the way that I said that I was really bad. Um, yeah, I'm not commenting on her personal life. No, when she did when she did the film uh, with Keanu Reeves, like that was kind of her kind of big breakout role. And I remember seeing her like, hello. As a 15-year-old, you're like, hot woman driving the bus. Why do I like this? You know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's probably Sandra Bullock, I would say. Yeah, she's pretty hot. One of my favorite films is Miss Congeniality. Um, and yeah, I absolutely like that. That's a guilty pleasure. I love Miss Congeniality. Why, what is it with that film? I've seen it so many times and I love it. <laughs> and I don't admit it. <laughs> I think it's because it's technically like a romantic comedy, but because the main character who is female is so kind of anti romance, you can actually relate to it a little bit more. And it's like, yeah, do you know what? This is all right. I don't lose any man points watching this on my own. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, and everybody watching this now, but like, you yeah, bloody do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't care. I love it. Every time it's on, I'll watch it. I've seen it loads yeah. of times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what superhero power would you choose if you could have one? Oh, God. Um, I've, there's 20 I could choose, because as you can probably guess from the Captain America t-shirt, I'm... Uh, I am a bit of a comic book nerd. I must admit, I would quite like Wolverine's superior healing. Um, that especially, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm approaching 40. My body's not in the shape that it used to be in when I was in my 20s. Um, it's like, if I could wake up one morning and just not have knackered knees and a bad back, if I could get out of a chair without making a noise to actually get me out of the chair, I would consider that a win. Um, so yeah, Wolverine's superior healing would be would go down the treat right about now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I'm also approaching 40 and not a fan. No, it's, uh, it's definitely not as good as 30 was. No. Um, and people really find it amusing that you're becoming close to 40 and like to mention it and laugh, which is just mean, I find. There's no need. Yeah, I also find the people that do that don't, don't make it to 40 themselves, like conveniently. Either <laughs> <laughs> that or they walk away with a bloody nose where I punched them in the face. <laughs> yeah, mine tends to hobble away. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever works. Yeah. It's when they're like, old people are mean. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't mess with us. We have lots of years of anger. <laughs> you don't yeah. really want to be unleashed. So much experience. So, are you working on anything at the moment and what's coming next? Uh, yeah, I've um, just this past week actually I've started on my next book, which is my my 21st in total. Um, it is the, as I was saying, I kind of, all my series tend to try and overlap and have kind of like an overarching subplot. Well, I've got to the point where I'm now writing the book where all of my series come together to fight like the big, or to deal with the big issue. Um, it's my version of the Avengers, I suppose. Um, and I've just started writing that. And it's great. It's, it's good fun. It's certainly something different. Um, because I've never done, I've never written anything kind of of this scope before, and I've kind of likened it to the the Game of Thrones books because I did I did try reading them, but I tried reading them after I'd watched the show and was like, eh, there's a show, I, I don't need all this, I don't need 15 chapters about a tree, like whatever it is. But um, <laughs> but the way that he writes it in that every chapter is just it's not even numbered, just whoever's the focus of that chapter. It's that I've kind of had to adopt that kind of style just to make sure that every series gets a fair a fair share of the spotlight and the story's sort of grown at an even pace. And it's like I say, it's certainly something different, but I'm, I'm relishing the challenge. It's nice to still, after eight years, be able to find new ways to kind of push yourself and improve. Um, and yeah, and so far it's, it's going pretty well. So this whole planning books out thing that I've started doing is actually working quite well. So I know kind of where it's going and it's it's a lot easier to actually draft it. So, yeah, one week in, I'm still positive. I'm sure that'll change. A couple of weeks, I'll be banging my head against the wall and crying into my 19th cup of coffee, hating <laughs> myself as it inevitably happens when you hit that 25% mark in the manuscripts. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's good. It's gone well so far. Can't say too much because... It's hard to talk about new stuff without giving it all away. Um, or at least I find that. I like Tom Holland. If you ever watch an interview with him, he has another member of the Avengers with him to stop him giving all the plot away. Uh, <laughs> I like that. So I'm like, I just need to kind of plead the fifth a little bit. And I, uh, yeah, don't think I've seen much. But no, it's it's certainly going to be, it's going to be epic. No doubt about that. <laughs> awesome. Well, you may be relieved to know that I don't have any more questions for you, unless you can think of anything that I haven't asked you that you want to tell us. Uh, to be honest, not really. Um, <laughs> it's, it's one of them. I, th I think it's weird because as a writer, like I'm essentially a career introvert. You know, it's like I'm, I'm hardwired to spend most of my time awake on my own and I need to do that. But it means I'm not particularly good at certain things like, 
proactively talking about myself <laughs> or bigging myself I'm like the worst salesman in the world you know it's like everyone everyone else will give you like the 10 second elevator pitch and blow your mind with the their products and I'm like all right I mean read it if you want I don't mind if you don't it's fine you know <laughs> it's like, and I wonder why I don't sell millions of copies and it's like meh um but yeah it's not I don't think it's something many authors are particularly good at um but I hope from I hope from your questions it's uh, I've been entertaining answers at least okay so before we go would you like to just remind everyone where they can get your books from and where they can find about more about you if they wish uh, yeah sure um I am present on social media, um, not as active on it as I would like, but if you go to my website, which is jamespsumner.com, um, you'll find links to all my books and links to all my social media and things um, for when I do post. Inevitably, memes about food um, tends to be my, my go-to. Um, but the I have my own bookstore on there because I did used to sell my books directly. Um, more recently, I've moved the ebooks to be exclusive to Amazon. So obviously, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. Um, but I have links to the Amazon pages for all my books. Um, most of them are available in hardback and paperback as well. And there are store links to like Waterstones and places like that on there. So everything you need to find my books and to learn a little bit more about me um, is on my website, jamespsumler.com. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Pleasure.